You've reached Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast on basketball and other shenanigans. Danny Green, I'm mad at Danny Green. I just want to thank everybody that's been in my corner during this time. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, man. I'm the clamp guy. I am the Giannis Antetokounmpo of Lion Center. Eddie Sun. Probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> we don't got that clutch connection. And Julio Martinez. On uh, Giannis and the Bucks, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Please clap. It comes from at underscore underscore uh, KLU2 on Twitter. Bro, the fact that you knew there were two underscores before the to at underscore underscore KLU. He knows your that, Twitter. That means I'm tweeting it too much. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball. Welcome back to another episode of Hoop and Holler. Y'all did not hear the first take of that. This is the second take because the first take was garbage. Did That's neither here nor there. Yes, I deleted the hell out oh. of it, Eddie. But I really blew up the spot by talking about it. That's neither here nor there. We're back in the studio. Southern California, beautiful day outside. I'm wearing my Jordans. Julio's wearing his backwards hat. Eddie's wearing his standard black outfit. <laughs> <laughs> y'all don't nice. care about that. Y'all care about how my co-hosts are doing. As always, I want to start there. How y'all doing today? I'm doing okay. Uh, my car broke down yesterday, but I'm all safe and good, uh, and that's all that matters, right? So it broke down in the middle of the road. Freeway. Freeway. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad, but uh, I'm safe and caught a great. I know I know this is a basketball podcast, but a great game last night oh, between yeah. the Cowboys and the and the Bucks. Opening night. Um, Opening night. But yeah, it, it was a great game, and uh, you know, just excited for training camp to start with uh, for basketball here's a question for y'all if you had to come like who is the Dak Prescott equivalent in the NBA the Dak I thought I thought you're gonna say Tom Brady because the Brady equivalent yeah. I feel like is obvious that's low-hanging fruit we can yeah. just say LeBron yeah. right but yeah. Dak Prescott equivalent in the NBA Dak Prescott I'd probably go with like like Jason Tatum or something why? Like it doesn't it doesn't quite make sense because they've both played like five years, right, or four years. Mm-hmm. But in the NBA, like four years is still young, and that's not bad. Cause story franchise, mm-hmm. young phenom. I just think like like legacy so far, play style. Like they're they're good, like really good, but like not great, you know, like or not like superstar, but they're like perhaps turning into a star. You in know, like franchise should. success during their time there, like although like they individually have been really good, the team around them hasn't really hit where people. That's a that's a pretty solid yeah. one. The only difference I would say is that no one really saw this coming from Dak Prescott, whereas mm-hmm. we kind of knew Jason Tatum was him. But that's a pretty good comp. That's a pretty good comp. Eddie, how are you doing today? I'm good. On a on a lighter note, to Julio's car breaking down, I'm just happy that the week is ending. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. These weeks are a blur, man. I, yeah. I forgot what it's like being a student, actually having to run around and physically get places. I should have. I saw you on a scooter. You saw me on going a back scooter? home. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally how I get to yeah. and from school now. I need to get my own electric scooter. I'm telling you, bro. I I got the I got the hookups because if you get a legit one, um, I hope no law enforcement authorities listening to this podcast. But if if you get a legit hey, one from Bird, abolish the police. That's if, that's what we want. If, <laughs> if if you get a legit Bird one, um, it costs like. More than a thousand dollars. Yeah. And so, if you get it off OfferUp, and you know, trusted people on OfferUp who get their way to, you know, we're at the plug, bro. Get plug me up, because I'm saying like, 
It's like three hundred dollars. That's not it's bad. Cheap because like, if you think about the the parking passes here, right? It's like a thousand dollars per semester. I mean, you even think about like taking the the thing to and from school. That's what it's starting to like get to me. It's like okay, yeah. five dollars. That's not that much, but five dollars here, five dollars back, uh, yeah, ten dollars a day, fifty dollars a week. Like that, and, that's and the, starting to add up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the thing is, is that when you park your car on campus, you still got to walk down. Like you can literally, I take my scooters to class. Right. So it's just much less time, much less headache. It's so much better. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Enough rambling about transportation. I, I, yeah. I was waiting for y'all to ask me how I'm doing, but I we guess don't, to hell with ask, that. To hell with that. No, 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 no. It don't, we, it don't we've matter, done this right? long enough where you, I feel like you know this. You know we don't ask. We don't. Yeah, that's cool. That's fine. Y'all don't <laughs> care about how I'm doing. That's cool. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and start down around my where, where – if we're not going to talk about me, we're going to talk about where I'm from – Deal just went down with Memphis Grizzlies. Marcus Saul, who a lot of people, I guess, just kind of assumed was going to be a Laker this year. Turns out he's not going to be a Laker. He's got traded back to the Grizzlies for a second-round pick in the rights to some player that I've never heard of. Um, he's going to probably retire, it looks like. Uh, the Grizzlies are going to wave him. He's going to go back home and retire in grace in Spain. Y'all want to talk about this from the Lakers' point of view, or should I go ahead and go on my Marcus Saul ramble? Why don't you start? Okay. All right. So, seems like every week I get to find some way to ingratiate Memphis into the conversation. But this week it's actually kind of makes sense too, right? Mark Gasol, I had the opportunity to observe him live and in person kind of on the back end of his career. Season um, ticket holder here. Season ticket holder. Shout out Nike for hooking my dad up with that. Um, but yeah, I, I saw the back end of grit and grind. Um, and I, I kind of saw like what Marcus Gasol meant to the city. You go around, people got Gasol jerseys, Gasol billboards, yada, yada, yada. And a lot of time when we think about grit and grind in Memphis, right, the immediate people that come to your mind are more of the, the grittier players, right, the Tony Allens, the Zach Randolphs. Um, but the most talented player to touch that court during the grit and grind era was Marcus Gasol. Um, he was at the core of everything that they were, particularly on the defensive end of the ball. Um, so... Just yeah, shout out shout out to Marcus Saul. Shout out to everything he did for the city of Memphis. Shout out to him for sticking around as long as he did, because not a lot of players would. Um and, and and shout out to him for embracing the city um in a way that they deserve to be, right? Um Julio will tell you he doesn't think Memphis will ever ever win a chip, but I'll tell you what, those seven straight consecutive playoff berths. It felt like we won a chip. That's not what I was gonna <laughs> say. That's not, that's not what I was gonna say, but it did solidify that team as part of the culture in the city of Memphis, right? It gave people a reason to care about it um, with this small franchise floundering coming from Vancouver to have Marcus Saul come in and be what he was to that city certainly meant a lot. And I also, Euro stepped around Marcus Saul one time. Oh, Got wow. A foul. Oh, wow. Got really? fouled, yeah. Oh, this yeah, he's a, somewhere. he's a big... Uh, he fouls on every single play. He fouled me. He's so... I feel I feel it. it, it okay, so... Hack. Okay, I'll stop here, but this is the story is because the FedEx form is so intimate. Like if you have season tickets um, in the section where I had them because it was like right behind the visitors bench, which was really cool because like you get to see a different team every week. Mm -hmm. um, but you literally get to walk through the tunnel where the players are coming out and you kind of have to cross the face of the court to get to your seats. So in that crossing, 
you literally like walking next to the players. I remember one time I was walking next to my mom. Somebody bumped into me. I was like, yo, what the hell, bro? It's Mario Chalmers. Oh. And I'm like, Mario <laughs> Chalmers is like a very, like, he looked like a regular ass dude. So I was like, oh, shit, yeah. that's Mario Chalmers. <laughs> Still don't, if, if you're listening to this, Mario, don't ever disrespect me like that again in your life. <laughs> Say excuse me. Anyways, but I, I was younger. I think it was maybe freshman or sophomore year of high school. I was with my friend. Um, we saw Marcus Hall coming. I'm like, bro, say I won't Euro step around him right now. He said, if you do it, I'm a recorder. I'm like, okay, y'all know I'm up for a challenge, so I do it. And I do the most exaggerated Euro step, and he actually puts out his hand to contest me and fouls the fuck out of me. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes. So I got my foul. You know, we 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 love sustainable offense out here. So I got my foul from Marcus Hall. My favorite thing about Marcus Hall, and <laughs> you guys are gonna find this to be so like kind of messed up is that you know he he was a part of that deal that got his pal yeah so yeah i mean that that that's my best i guess you can call it memory of multi him. all multiple time all-star one of the best defensive players of his defensive era. player of the year nothing his, champion his, give me no. his brother give me pal do we think who do we think mark or pal had ended up with the better career oh pal the better career isn't a question like okay, you, maybe pal, you can argue Pau had the rings right like yeah that i, I mean, mean he played with kobe of course if I had to pick a career that I got to do, it would definitely be Pal. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I think you can make a very, you can make a decent argument to say that the better player was Mark. Like I, I think you can genuinely say that. I can say that. Like they're both great passers, um, good shooters. Mark was probably the better shooter, but he was younger, so mm-hmm. he developed a three later in his career. Um, yeah, that, that's tough. You could probably say Mark was a better defender. But Powell in, in big games and clutch situations, he always came through. And what what, what we, we loved about him and embraced about him is that he wouldn't ever get offended or get sad when Kobe would yell in his face. You know, a lot of players shy away from that. But he would, right, right. he would embrace this about that. You made, this is about Mark. Pa- pa- this about I mean, pa- Powell is so dear <laughs> in our hearts. I think, no, we love Powell. It's just by the end of, you know, Mark's career now, I feel like I haven't looked back at it enough yet, and it could be recency bias too, but... The, the careers and the legacies and the accolades will end up being, I think, pretty similar. And um, I guess just to expand on, you know, Marcus Saul and what I guess our favorite memories are or whatever, I think to me he's maybe the the best center of the 2010s in terms of the entire decade. Ooh, so Dwight Howard Yeah, I was like exist. Dwight. Cause I, okay, so Dwight won his Defensive Player of the Years in like 08, 09, 10, right? By the time he when got— When you say the best. I mean like the— it's not like best talent, but okay. like just like most consistently body, good body of work from most consistently good is not best to twenty nineteen. That is, yeah, those are two but I'm names. I'm not saying consistent, just best body of work. Okay, because he had the ring at the end with Toronto, and he did play a big role on that team. It's not like he was riding the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had the defensive player of the year. I think he was only on one first team, but you know, being in Memphis, he was probably snubbed a bunch. But I mean, if you look at the sort of centers that were in the 2010s, DeAndre Jordan made it like a couple years. Like, we know he's not better than Marc Gasol. Uh, Joakim Noah made it one year. Like, Noah was good, but he kind of tailed off at the end. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis came up. Uh, I mean, he's, I guess he's not a center, but, um, you know, near <laughs> the end of the decade. He finna be. Nikola yeah. Jokic late in the decade. So when you just think about from 2010 to 2020, it's hard to argue that anybody or any other center has a better body of work. Especially when you consider, like, a lot of these dudes that we see as centers now were not centers at the beginning of the decade, right? Like, LaMarcus Aldridge, power forward, right? Um, who would be another a- Anthony Davis won his first All-NBA. Uh, I think it was All-NBA second team um, in 2016-2017. He still as don't a think center, he's a center, though. He, as a center. 
he he don't, bro. I, I can't say you're the best center of the decade if you yourself <laughs> won't claim to be a center. Like, like, even though we all recognize it, like, if he don't want to be no center, then I guess he's just not a center. Um, but I think that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point that maybe Marcus All was the best. I don't want to say like true center, right? But like the best person who maybe could be identified as a center from 2010 to 2020. I would have to unpack that. He was bit. on one All NBA team, Marcus All, and I think and I think he yeah. was snubbed multiple for a, times, a lot of them, multiple times, because he was, and and it's one of those things where to me like he might have been the closest thing to like a Tim Duncan type, where like like Tim Duncan put up numbers, right? But especially like later in, in Duncan's career. Like the the impact was not quite yeah nowhere in, near in the box score you yeah. know like he he was that he was that good just defense everywhere passing you know all of the things being able to stretch the floor a little bit rebounding all of that and mind you at the time and I think this is something that gets understated a lot when it comes to Marcus All at the time of that trade right folks didn't even know about like Marcus All was a second round draft pick. They knew who Powell was. Powell was like one of the rising stars of the NBA. Oh yeah, but Marcus All was the second round pick who just throw in. Yeah, just threw him in as part of the deal, and he ends up becoming the cornerstone of that franchise for the turn of the decade. Like, yeah, shout out Marcus All, man. Shout out Marcus All. Shout out Memphis. Shout out the FedEx Forum. Shout out Mike Conley. I'm gonna do all this right now. Shout out Green Grind. Shout out oh, Tony Allen. Oh God! All right. Shout out. Move great, on. Great shout career, out Dave Marcus All. Great career, Marcus All. Shout it's out too David bad. Fizdale. It's too bad the Lakers did him dirty. It's it's season. it's too oh, bad. Hell. It's too bad Marcus All had to spend most of his career. Is it in Memphis? It is kind of funny that that man leaves for like half a year and come like just gets a chip. It was like okay, I'm gonna go yeah. run and get my chip real quick. But he he deserved it. He deserved it. Hopefully Mike Conley gets one too. Anyways, let's keep it pushing because. That hole that, that Marcus All is leaving, right, with the Lakers, right? Now the Lakers had a center that they needed to get. They already got him, DeAndre Jordan. So what you're looking at in terms of centers for the Lakers, Anthony Davis, situationally, I suppose. Russell Westbrook. If you ask Eddie <laughs> Russell Westbrook. <laughs> um, but no, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan. Holy shit. Julio, you saying like you have thoughts about that? Hey, okay, so the, everybody is trying to convince themselves that this is somehow a. And hey, this is 2013. I, 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 don't, y'all ass. I, I don't. I don't even want to use the labels good, bad. Um, I, I just want to use because like, you can't really use those labels on players that are minimum contract players. Mm-hmm. You 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 only have to evaluate on, on whether they they're an improvement, a slight improvement on your team, or if they don't do anything. And in this case, I felt like it kind of hurt us. So, but going back to Marcus Saul, did I want a change at center? Did I love Marcus Saul last year? Hell no. He pissed me off in so many damn games. He would, uh, uh, you know, he he was creating a little stuff in the locker room, and obviously, I think that was bred by uh, uh, Montrez not being so happy in his role, and um, Dennis Schroeder, you know, asking to start at the beginning of the season. So it was already not just. Uh, consistently throughout the season, a tight-knit group that was bought in all the way. But if you had to give me the choice between Marcus Saul and DeAndre Jordan, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's not even close. It's not even close. So the the term I kind of used uh, last podcast, I think, 
um, was change of pace. And when I say change of pace, I just mean different styles of play. And that's what I like to have, especially in the playoffs. You want to be able to have different guys that play in different ways. So when everybody's trying to convince themselves that DeAndre Jordan can somehow be that JaVale McGee type, I mean, it's it's just it's baffling to me because if you evaluate DeAndre to uh, Marcus Hall, neither of them are good defenders anymore. Like everybody has this fan or just thought that DeAndre Jordan can somehow still play defense, and I don't even really believe in defensive metrics and looking at all that. I just look at the game and I can see whether you're bad or good on defense. And bro's just bad on defense. But going to the defensive metrics and, and the stats say that the Nets were better with him off the floor than on the floor. And that that like for you to to sell yourself on, hey, defense is my thing, and that to be a fact, that's just horrible. And so if they're both bad defenders, who's the better shooter? Marcus Hall. Who's a who, who's a player with the higher IQ? Marcus Hall by far. Who's a better passer? Marcus Hall. And so what I love what I did love about Marcus Hall is that they kind of they they could play him in a Draymond type role where they would you know the Warriors give the ball to Draymond at the top of the key and he kind of orchestrates kind of the offense and Steph feels uh, um comfortable enough that the ball's in Draymond's hands and that he can make the right decision with the ball. And so that's what kind of Vogel was doing last year a little bit with Marcus Hall and it just gives a different look to the offense. Now, imagine having a a, a uh, you know, playing on a court with Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and DeAndre Jordan slash Dwight Howard. I want uh, uh, Anthony Davis to be attacking the basket because that's where he's most effective. That's where he gets his 40 and 20 games when he's going to the line a lot. But he can't really do that if the lane is super clogged because Dwight and DeAndre can't step out to the three like Marcus All can. And wh- where is uh, Russell Westbrook most effective? It's not from the freaking three-point line. It's when he's in the paint. So it's like you have to d- diversify a little bit, especially when your point guard is Russell Westbrook and your other alternative big is Dwight Howard. And if you were going to stick with a guy, uh, uh, a, a JaVale McGee type, why not keep uh, uh, the dude that we signed and then um, let go? He was on. He's on the Kings now. Um, oh, what's his name? Is he young dude? Young dude. Jonathan Williams? No, no, not Jonathan Williams. Uh, I'm forgetting. Damn, I'm forgetting the name. But he he's he is so much better than uh, a much better option than, than DeAndre Jordan. Um, and I I just think this is kind of like a questionable move. And he just looks so slow, unathletic, and just not the same guy anymore at all. I mean, all you had to do was watch Brooklyn last year. Like it, it was, it was palpable. If and you're KD's friend and KD, that's what I was going to say. Like the fact that they was willing to let him ride, like that lets you know. That lets you know. But what about you, Eddie? What are your thoughts on it? Well, I think he's going to get playing time in the regular season, right? Um, and so that begs the question: like maybe the Lakers are just going all in on. A sort of power-oriented game, I guess. Like, this is more of like a football ideology, I guess. But you know, you have Russell Westbrook, um, and then you have Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan as sort of like centers, or you can say like kind of backup centers to um, Anthony Davis. You're really just sold on Russell Westbrook, like you just center. I mean, I don't know how else to use him, but I my my, <laughs> whole, my whole point is maybe the Lakers are saying let's just win via speed running in transition which is which is how they won two years ago um you know athleticism vertical athleticism but deandre don't even have that no more he well, don't even have that anymore he, he he i mean 
compared to most centers in the league, he still has speed and vertical athleticism. He doesn't have like lateral quickness or good shot blocking instincts or any of that anymore. Not compared but, to most centers in the league, compared to most old, outdated, traditional centers oh yeah, com- in the compared league. Compared to most players in the league, period. So I'm not saying I'm a fan of the signing. I'm just, one, maybe because DeAndre Jordan has friends on the roster, you know, like that, that's a possibility. But the other thing is maybe that's just, you know, like maybe last year the Lakers tried to do too much. I don't, like, I personally don't agree with this take. Like, maybe they had Gasol and they had Montrez and they had uh, um, uh, Drummond at the end and all of those centers could do, you know, different things. But all those different things didn't really create, like, a cohesive product. And so maybe just this year they're saying we have one play style and we're going to just go with that play style and we're going to run fast and we're going to jump high and we're going to win via, you know, athleticism, I guess. You need different looks, though. Give me give, give me Paul Mills. Not only do I think Paul Millsap is better than DeAndre at this point, but just talking about play styles and uh, the archetype of player, give me Paul Millsap way more than DeAndre Jordan. It just gives you a different look and, and just better for the team. I want y'all to uh, see something real quick. Oh, hey, Mom. My mom's here. Oh, nice. <laughs> and my dad's here, too. Hey. <laughs> remember remember the first <laughs> yeah. episode back you said what my favorite yeah. part was? I, I told him, I said, we have, Julio, audi- we have a live audience. Julio uh, Julio really enjoyed it when y'all came. So, yeah. Nah, I guess so they they're came back. back. Yeah. Is it like parents weekend soon? No, no. My dad's actually um in a PhD program here. Oh, shoot. Yeah, my dad's PhD getting his PhD in transformative leadership. Um, my mom decided to just come out for the trip. Wow. And now they're trying to figure out the technological stuff. So <laughs> they and, and, they're, and they're trying to figure out why DeAndre Jordan's on the Lakers now. I'm sure my dad is, but that's neither here nor there. I want to hit y'all with some numbers real quick. 32, 35, 33, 34, 36. Ages. Damn it, Julio. I was about to say minutes a game. Not ages. DeAndre Jordan's one of our younger players. So um, there's only three players on this roster right now, four players on this roster right now that are in the 20s, two of which I don't estimate are going to play. Or you have Kendrick Nunn, you have THT, you have Malik Monk. And you I have, have big doubts about Malik Monk. Even I want Malik Monk to play. Even No, no and, and I understand that because he was one of the most uh, – he, he was an underrated uh, signing this offseason. We definitely got him for a great value. But the thing about Malik Monk, have you seen him on defense? No. Vogel almost refuses to play guys. Like, he'll give you a chance, but he almost refuses to play you if you're bad on defense. Uh, and so if you're not even trying – and he has the athletic ability too. Like, yeah. he can move well. Just, yeah, just moving well, it, it takes a little bit more on defense than just moving well. But, yeah, um, so if your IQ isn't there and your effort isn't there – Yeah, that makes like, sense. That makes sense. But back, back to the centers. Um, I think I said it a little bit, but it might have got drowned out. If this was 2013, we on everybody has. But it's not – and DeAndre Jordan is not what he used to be. Dwight Howard is Dwight, what he Dwight's used to good. be, but he's going to be like, we don't need him to be what he used to be. We need him to be what he is, right? But how do I put this? The fact, it, it's almost like you're getting a worse version of the backup that you already have, you know? And I think that yeah. kind of goes into what yeah. you were saying in terms of the versatility that you'd like to see. Um, what what sense does it make to have that sort of repetitiveness yes. on your roster? Especially if when Dwight isn't going to play... 30 minutes a night. If he's going to play 35 minutes a night and, and play big minutes, then there's a chance for injury, and you might need a backup there unless, to, to support him. Unless, and this is the part that really scares me, you don't view DeAndre Jordan as your third-string center. 
you view DeAndre Jordan as your second string center because you still intend to play Anthony Davis at the four, which is far beyond what they need to do because, I mean, like, am, am I wrong here? I'm no. very curious to see AD, Braun, a big DeAndre or Dwight and Russ. Like, that, in my mind, that just, that, have you ever I want to make it work, but I don't know. Have you ever seen a mosh pit? <laughs> I think that is probably that's some a good sort of estimation of what what, what we're going to be seeing. That's on a one good description. Spot of the floor. That's a good description. Everybody with just one shooter that the the other the the opposing defensive team is just going to lock their fastest dude on like Wayne Ellington. There, I mean, it's not going to be that hard to guard if only one guy can shoot threes, yeah. right? It's At least from the three point line is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, the, in transition it, it'll be it'll be hell for, I mean, for even, the other team. Even in transition, that's just what I didn't understand about the the DeAndre Jordan signing is that he was so clearly not he can't run the floor what anymore. What he used like, to yeah. be like yeah. that that's what I don't understand about it. And I think you brought up the point about who he might know on the team. I think that makes sense to an extent, but by the same token, these roster spots that the Lakers have to close out with these things were precious, mm-hmm. and you have to use them with well, a we lot have of two intention. More. We, we have, have two more. We have two more. So it's good. Um, but you got to use these things with intention. It can't just be, oh, we can bring in somebody who's buddies with somebody else on the team. We have to. You're you're building a championship roster here, and you're bringing in a somebody that overlaps heavily, if not all the way, somebody that you already have, and B doesn't get you any younger mm-hmm. this team is literally like I, I don't even want to get into the age stuff but like it, it, it's a very real possibility if you're not managing these guys minutes well and you're not managing their bodies well that come playoff time that, they're not a hundred that's why you couldn't sign a guy like Jared Dudley you need to sign all your roster needs to be guys who can legitimately go out there and play all this I'm I'm a good guy in the locker room. Yeah, we need good guys in the locker room, but we need guys are, that are good in the locker room and that can step out on the floor and play. So that's why we couldn't waste a roster spot on Jared Dudley or DeAndre Jordan. Like, get, and he's a fun guy. And, and the mm-hmm. the I've I found his name, Damian Jones. Damian Jones oh, is mm-hmm. so much better, so much more energetic. It can, can just get up and down the floor better. And, and what he showed me, he started I think five games last season. What he showed me was much better than what I saw DeAndre Jordan last year. Yeah, and DeAndre, don't get me wrong. DeAndre's a fun guy, and I do think that, you know, if they're trying to lean back into this culture that they had when they won the championship where, you know, everybody was loving on each other and having fun, like, he's definitely – I think he's past the point in his career where he's – um you know, feeling like he has to contribute, you know, so much. I think he would be content with playing the Dwight Howard role of, like, I'm, I can sit here and cheer everybody else on and have fun on the roster doing it. But that's not what you need. That's not what you need if you're the Lakers. And if you think that he can contribute from a playing standpoint, I'm questioning what – we've rehashed this over mm-hmm. and over. We don't need to keep getting into it. Didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to you. It sounds like it didn't make sense to you no, either. not really. We'll get James Ennis and maybe Eric Gordon or J.J. Redick. We the- need another big. No, we don't. We need wings. We don't have wing defenders. We have but, Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza cannot hold up against. Here's what I'm saying. Dwight is good. Dwight is 36. DeAndre is not good. And DeAndre is what, 33, 34? 33, I think. Mm-hmm. Is AD running the center in the regular season? Well, I don't know. Well, in the regular season, it doesn't matter. It's the playoffs. You can get by in the regular season. Yeah, I suppose you can get by in the regular season, but I, I do think that you need to get younger at the center position with at least one more roster spot. I think Damian Jones would have been a great option. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Harry Giles would have been great. Man, I like Harry Giles. He went to the Clippers, by the way, if people Damn. don't know. 
damn, I really like very like I, I was saying this pre-show. Harry Giles might be the most underrated what if he never got injured to me. Just because Harry he's he's the prototypical big that you really like in the NBA. Somebody who can make secondary decisions. He can he he was athletic. I don't know how athletic he is now, but he could jump. He had high IQ. He was good defensive instincts. Like, yeah, I, I really hate for him the kind of arc his career is taking. But he keeps getting contracts, so that's solid. Um Ben, ben Simmons. Simmons. Ben Simmons. Th- th- this is a great topic. So yes. what I wanted to do was throw you guys uh, some trade scenarios and you guys acting both from the perspective of uh, Daryl Morey in the Sixers front office and as the other team. Like, hey, I would do this if I were this team. No, I wouldn't do this if I was the other team. Mm. So um, the first off, uh, I-, I want to throw this one to Reagan first. Can we Before we do this, can we talk a little bit about Oh, the, what was going on? Uh, yeah, just like the, go, yeah, the yeah, leverage that. that we feel that the 76ers might have, the leverage that we feel that Ben Simmons might have, the leverage that we feel other teams might have. Um, and then I want to get into your yeah. exercise because it sounds like it's going to be interesting. Well, but to, Yeah, go, go uh, ahead, say, To answer that question really quickly, the Sixers have no leverage and Ben Simmons has no leverage. so That's tough. Yeah. That's <laughs> there's, tough. There's nothing. nothing well, somebody got to have leverage. It's every other 29 teams in the NBA. Yes. And the thing is, it's like for a lot of people were, were pretty heated um, because Ben Simmons, he comes out, he says, okay, I want to go to one of three California teams. We had to guesstimate I would I Lakers, would say, Clippers, Warriors. Yeah, not the Kings um, because why would you request to go to the Kings? Um, <laughs> no way. But like – People were just saying, and I have to admit, like, I resonate with this feeling. Although I'm all for players, like, trying to get where they want to go, but, like, on what grounds should the Sixers feel obligated to do what you want? Like, on what grounds should those, like, first of all, those are, two of those teams can't get you. There's Mm -hmm. no way in hell that the Clippers have the assets. The Lakers don't have the assets. The Warriors do, but it sounds like y'all don't want him, which is still, I feel like that would be a good fit. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it kind of overlaps with Draymond to an extent, but, um, High IQ basketball players on a floor together is always going to work to me. Um, but, yeah, if you're the 76ers, what do I owe Ben Simmons to get him to where he wants to go? And maybe if you're Ben Simmons, you feel like, okay, other teams are not going to want to trade for me. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I understand both sides. Sense. I'm not strongly against one or for the other. It's it, you know it's it's a it's a toss up in the air because I understand Ben Simmons feeling kind of slighted by Doc in that press conference. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. If I'm Ben Simmons, I want the hell up out of there for it, sure. But I but I also understand from the Sixers' perspective, like, like okay, for sure, bruh. like you can go, but we're gonna extrapolate all the value yeah, out yeah. of you that we can because. And I also understand why Ben Simmons said it's not my job to uh, get my trade value up. How do you guys feel about that? It's not my job to um, get my trade value up. I guess what? from an I organ, I didn't even know he said that. But he said that, yeah. I, it, it's I not mean, your job to. He's basically make, saying it's it, not my job to play. Well. No, no, I mean, no, I mean, no, no. The thing is, it's yes, like, he is saying that technically, he but says what I, that's not what value, he means. The value that I hold to the front office of the 76ers isn't my obligation. If you guys want to trade yes, me, yeah. you do that exactly. Um, but you get what you can for it. Like that's people, not on me. People but are misconstruing it. In the, in the to, same token, yeah. it's like it, it, it is your job to. 
play well in yeah. in doing that. That yeah. would get your like, trade value he, up. But if, it's like that's your problem, Daryl Moore. If you want me up out of here, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Like you, no, absolutely. Finesse somebody. But I'm or saying, something. like if he played well in the playoffs, one maybe Philly doesn't want to trade him. But also two, he didn't play well in the playoffs, which is the reason why he and the Sixers are in this predicament where neither of them can really demand anything from other teams. And can I just say, like, I feel like that is overblown. Like, yes, he had a very terrible playoffs, and it was not, you know, what you needed from him for the 76ers to be, you know, this contender that we all thought they would be years ago. But it's not like Ben Simmons is not a top 30 basketball player at least. At least. I just think it's, it's concerning, though. It, the, it's very concerning. The playoff stuff but we is, knew the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid thing doesn't work. We knew that. Uh, it To me, the reason they lost wasn't the, the lack of cohesion between the two. It was just his lack of play. It was, like, yeah, lack of aggression. Lack, like he just yeah. he, he closed off when it matters. And I don't and I don't like using this language for players, but like that's if you watch the games, it's like that's really what happened. And all, like, all all three of us we said, uh, I think like a year ago, give me Ben Simmons over yes, Joel Embiid. Did. And now it's like, that was a oh my God. L. That Hell was a no. collective L. Hell no. But in the, G- give me the, the injuries. Token, it's like what you have in Ben Simmons is a six foot ten ball handler, one of the best transition players in the NBA, somebody who sees the floor like a guard, somebody who um, defends you know, really well on the wing, defends pretty well on the interior, perhaps one of the top three, if not the best defenders in the NBA. Like, we, we can't sit up here and act like Ben Simmons doesn't warrant we can't under sit up, normal circumstances. We can't sit up here and act like that. What his trajectory, his, his yeah, his trajectory wasn't more than that. It was, it was perhaps that he more, wasn't but that I still when feel he like... The but the thing is, like, what you're saying, though, is, like, it's true. He is a top perimeter defender in the NBA. He is one of the best defenders in the NBA. He does have the uncanny combination of court vision and ball handling at a six foot ten size and height but it's like we've been doing this for the three or four years he's been in the league now already like he has all this combination of skill that is unteachable that like 99 percent of nba players don't have but nothing that really glues it together and he still hasn't quite like glued it together in terms of a basketball player that we see become reliable especially in big moments especially in the playoffs in that we keep on talking about, oh, Ben Simmons is potentially amazing because of this confluence of skill. Well, I feel like after this season or after last playoffs and now in this season, the sort of difference between the idea, the idealized idea of Ben Simmons, the potential, the what his ceiling is and what in reality he is right now, which is he is those skills with nothing that brings it together, is as far a gap as it has ever been. So I'm sort of out on projecting the... Yeah, oh, I, if to ben an Simmons extent, but, a certain I, role, con- but context matters, though. I, I feel like what we've been witnessing in Philadelphia is this slow trickle that ended up turning into a flood of of kind of this deteriorating, not relationship, but like it was, it was like, okay, this probably isn't going to work. Ooh, this definitely is going to work. Oh, my God, this is terrible. Like all season after season after season. And I don't think that's strictly the fault of Ben Simmons. I think in a different context, oh, yeah, you can get a high-level all-star caliber, all-NBA caliber play well, out of Ben Simmons. He's already an all-star. But the thing is, here's what you have to understand. Ben Simmons is in Philadelphia. 
Ben Simmons has somewhat of a nonchalant attitude. Ben Simmons, or at least an attitude that comes across as nonchalant a lot of times. Um, those two things don't go together very well. Philadelphia media is aggressive. Philadelphia media is not forgiving. Believe you me, I saw it with Carson Wentz, and I'm seeing it with Ben Simmons. Once that city turns on you, it turns on you. And that sort of, I guess, the sort of narrative it's toxic. that— It's toxic. and the narratives that come out of that disseminate throughout the rest of the, the sports world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to see Carson Wentz this year. I'm not going to—I'm going to leave it at that. Y'all, if y'all, y'all probably aren't even football fans, but you're just gonna see Carson Wentz here, <laughs> and I kind of have similar si- sentiments towards Ben Sims. Is like, okay, let him go somewhere that makes sense. You'll see it. And but once Philadelphia decides that they no longer want you, man, it, it gets ugly quick. I, all, all I'm gonna say, Ben Simmons, he was the number one overall pick for a reason. I'll leave it at that. He was the number one overall pick for a reason. We saw this potential for years for a reason. Yes, has it come to for has it not come to fruition? Yes, are there things that Ben Simmons could have done in between the period where he got drafted to now to make that thing come to fruition quicker? But I'm always going to put those things on the organization first and foremost before I put it on the player because it's not like Ben Simmons doesn't care about being good at basketball. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My, my my thing is is you know going back to his shooting. It, it, I I don't really like how people portray it in in the fact that oh bro at least attempt some threes like you don't have to do that to me it, it's like at least when you're coming off a pick and the way Ben Simmons I, I when I see him shoot the ball from the mid range the way he elevates and he he doesn't look like a bad interior slash close uh, uh, mid range shooter like at, at least give me some of those bro like and he's never he, he's never aggressive he's six ten. I don't know how much he weighs, 250 maybe. Mm, I would say more like 235. Something. I, I don't, don't know, but he's, he's strong. He's, he's strong, strong yeah. right? And he's young and he can elevate. Like, go get to the bat. It's the same thing. It's my same sentiments that I have about Anthony Davis. Attack the basket, bro. But it's because he's probably afraid of the free throw line. And and guess who's sitting right there? Joel got the okay, Like, he's sitting he, right there. You ask me. The Sixers did about as good as they could do when Daryl Morey came in last offseason um, in in building a team that could work around Simmons and Embiid together. Yeah. With whatever limitations that those two players together may have. And I think it could have worked. It could have worked supremely well and it could have won them a championship if Ben Simmons played closer to what we envision he could be, his potential than what he looked like in the playoffs. So I don't want to hear a lot about like, oh, this this duo playing together will never work. Like it's two interior players, bad roster. I mean, I do feel like, like that's no, like an oversimplification yeah, of like, what the issue was. But like we should also just be honest and say that like if Ben Simmons was a better player, like not not in terms of like unrealistically, exactly. Just like if Ben Simmons so, played more to what his skills allowed him to be, that was a potentially a championship. So team. He, yeah, here's my fr- here's my biggest frustration with that. When it comes to people with, or players with potential, it, this isn't one of those cases where it's like, oh, Cam Reddish can be Paul George one day. Oh, this guy can be this. No, 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 no. Ben Simmons can be elite if he just like tried. Just like when when Embiid isn't uh, is is injured and not playing, and when he attacks, he can have that same mentality when Embiid is on the floor with him. I, I do think there's something to be said for a level of uncomfort. And mind you, okay, I'll put it this way. This is a very, 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 very dialed back microcosm of what I'm talking about here. But last night, I found myself extremely frustrated in my rec league game. Mm-hmm. And I found myself frustrated because it wasn't quite clear what my teammates were wanting from me. 
and I felt like the role that I was being given wasn't uh, necessarily uplifting and highlighting the skill sets that I had to offer to the team. And that put me in an uncomfortable position to where when there were shots to be had for me, I wasn't even sure what, like I wasn't comfortable pulling those shots because it it was just a a very nebulous understanding of what I was supposed to be doing out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Inflate that to the NBA game. Although, like I said, two vastly different circumstances, I think there is something to be said for not exactly knowing what it is that's wanted from you and, and um, I guess an unclear boundary around what your expectations are on the court. Um, I remember way back when when Ben Simmons, uh, when Doc Rivers first got to Philadelphia and he was talking about Ben Simmons and what his role could be as a point guard. He said something along the lines of, oh, if people are going under screens – um, that's just more time for Ben Simmons to see things develop and, and see watch the floor. And at the time, I suppose it made sense, but in hindsight, like that's a bit like I don't, I don't know if that just makes sense it. like there, it makes some, some sense. sense. Like yeah, John Morant, he kind of uses things in the same capacity. For John Rondo, for John Rondo, but it's like you kind of need a little bit. You need some ability to squeeze into some tight spaces to do that. Like it's not just like oh, that's just more time for six eight two hundred and forty pound Ben Simmons to squeeze through you know what I mean like like it's not that simple so I'm not sure that Philadelphia when we go back to this whole um damn what they call it the 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 process the process right when we go back to the process that was all about collecting as much talent as they possibly can but can we honestly say that Philadelphia had a vision for what Ben Simmons could be when he got there at any Mm -hmm. point did anyone have a vision for exactly how Ben Simmons could be ingratiated into that team culture and into the team actually on court environment. Probably not until I think Maury tried last year. And he tried, but at that point I felt like it was a lost cause because you tried to throw everything together as quickly as you could. And it was like, you know, if, if there was ever a time for it to happen, it was when Jimmy Butler was there. Mm-hmm. And that was really kind of the epitome of like, okay, we have four really good basketball players go out there and make uh, it happen. They're too cool for Jimmy Butler. They are. I'm they're too cool. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, 100%. But I want to go ahead and get into your exercise. So uh, the first one I want to throw out, I'm going to throw out trade proposals to you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to start with Reagan because this is the first team. Oh, these are individualized trade proposals? Yes. Oh, So so the first team is the Cleveland Cavaliers, and that's why I want to throw it out. Okay, okay. Uh, Darius Garland, Markinen, and Rubio, and a a pick, and a first-round pick. If I'm the... Um, if I'm the Cavaliers, I'm saying I can give you all of those things except switch Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. Okay, if you, you switch, if you if you switch, if you if you switch those two, you got to give me Isaac Okoro. Have him, have him. Just as long as I can keep Jer- Darius Garland, have him. Because ooh, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Ben Simmons, ooh. Because now you're not facing the same issue, right? Evan Mobley can actually get out there and stretch the floor a little bit. He doesn't have to occupy the same space that Ben Simmons has to occupy. And like I said, high IQ basketball players on the court together will work every time, if you ask me. And what if I said, uh, I don't want a guard. You got to give me, what's another good piece they have? The Cavs? Other than Evan Mobley. Jared Allen. Have him. I mean, they don't have a lot of pieces. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. But what do you think about that? If they switch, if you wanted to switch, if you were uh, Kobe Altman or whatever it says, uh, trade, uh, switch out Garland for sex, and I would say no, absolutely not. If you're the 76ers? Yeah. Of course. Because yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. add Isaac Okoro. No, I mean, I'm not a fan of Okoro, so I that's personal bias. Like, I don't really see it in him. Okay. But 
Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I like Colin Sexton too. I think people are overlooking the fact that he can really score. But yeah, Darius Garland is uh, is the centerpiece there, and you, you sort of the reason know. why I, the the Sixers I don't think they they should want Sexton is because they have Tyrese Maxey, and it's like kind of overlap. And there. Like, what the Sixers really need is someone who can really play point guard. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. Next, I'm I'm gonna throw it to to Eddie first with the Wolves. Give uh. Uh, if you can slide me D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley in, in like a second. Hell yeah. If you're the Sixers or the Bulls? Uh, if I'm the Timberwolves, like hell yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah. If I give up just D'Lo and Malik. And a and a pick. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm the if Easy. I'm Philly, I need like some first rounders in yeah. there. I mean like I know I, I tra I kinda trash on Ben Simmons. Cause I, yeah, 10 I, minutes ago, but like Ben Simmons still has star and, value and i don't know if you guys have been paying attention to all these kind of uh, uh trade proposals slash teams that are interested in trading for him but the wide variety that that you know I, i've seen i've seen some trade proposals where it's like b c level players it's whack and bro. then some but some are, are like you know i i can get damian lillard you know so yeah. the variety is, is so that yeah. gap is so huge i would say for minnesota to find more of a middle ground, like if um, if Minnesota said D'Lo, Malik, Jaden, McDaniel's, mm. and then maybe like two first rounders, even though it's Minnesota and you never know what those first rounders might turn out to be, like then on both sides, I would you know I would feel more comfortable making a deal. I mean, let's not understate like the the other. I know D'Lo would be the cornerstone for that on the Philadelphia 76ers end, but Malik Beasley can spark that thing. He can spark that thing. You know how valuable that would be to have next to Joel Embiid mm-hmm. and Jaden exactly. McDaniels, another piece, one of the premier defenders up and so, coming in this league. Okay, right th- those three plus a pick, you would do that if you're Minnesota. Mm. If I was Minnesota, yeah, to have yeah, Simmons I'm, and Carl Anthony Towns, I want to see Simmons fly. and Cat. If I'm a fan, if I'm a GM of Minnesota, I want to see what that looks like. I would let it fly. All right. Especially because of how stagnant it looked last year. Maybe you want to give it another opportunity. Maybe if I'm the 76ers, I'm or if I'm the Timberwolves, I'm saying, let me see what this team looks like as it's currently constructed through this half of the season. All right. Reagan, uh, this this is coming to you next. The Atlanta Hawks. DeAndre, okay. DeAndre Hunter, okay. Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, and Ooh, DeLon Wright. Those are three dudes that i like yeah that's tough that's tough that's tough you want deandre hunter kevin herter kevin herter cam reddish cam reddish, and delon Wright. i don't think i can take that i don't think because it, it's as much as i like ben simmons and like i said high iq players on the but it's not how much you it, it's not how much you like ben simmons versus how much you like this group it's how much you like ben simmons with trey young i like ben simmons with trey group. young I think, that, like I said, high IQ players on the court together work for me. But the combined potential of those three players is just too much. What about you, Eddie? And I think I'm, they could maybe net you something more. I'm, I'm with Reagan where if I'm Atlanta, I need to see or, like, I want to see what Hunter, Herder, and Reddish or some combination of those three turn into more than I need Ben Simmons on my team. Right. Because, no. Because because you have Trey, you have Capella, who they locked up. You still have Big O. You, you're you're going to have Sharif, and you're going to have Jalen Johnson, and you still have, you know, like however much other young talent there. If you're Atlanta, like, you're, you're pretty set right now where adding Ben Simmons doesn't, like, elevate you to the, like, automatic championship level where I'm comfortable with 
trading. Yeah, that you for made it all the way what, to the Eastern my, Conference Finals. What, what Hunter <laughs> no. Reddish no. and uh, a Herder might turn into. Like you might just be the I'm, next juggernaut. I'm, I'm not saying you make a move and, and capitalize off these players as uh, um, kind of uh, their potential right now, but you're gonna have to do it next offseason. I mean, we've talked about like, like you shouldn't go. This Hawks, isn't a long term team. No, 100. percent You got to parlay these dudes into into something special. I, I, we've talked about the fact that the Hawks would be best served to consolidate all of this talent and potential that they have on their team at some point, right? But the people you just named might be, like, the three highest, maybe not Kevin Herter, but, like, between DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, like, those are two dudes that, like, I you really going to have to cough up something um, yeah. better than Ben Simmons. Like, if I'm talking those two dudes, we need to start getting into the Bradley Beal echelon of player for yeah, me to yeah. think about trading those. All right, I don't Ed, think I can do that. Eddie, the the Sacramento Kings, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. And can I just say you personalized these trades very well? Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and maybe some picks. I'm not sure. I don't understand why Sacramento wants to do a deal. Because like, they they want to sh- they want to show De'Aaron Fox that they're willing to try something. I that they're guess, not just staying like, stagnant. Okay, if I'm the Sixers, I don't want Halliburton and Heald. Like, like, hell no, I need a lot more than that. But if, if I'm the Kings, like, yes, that trade might be a win. But I don't think Fox and Simmons and Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes isn't on that team anymore. Yeah, he is. He resigned. Yeah. I thought he went to. No, he resigned. He resigned? Yeah. I swear to God, I thought he went to. But anyway, so I don't think, like, Fox, Simmons, oh. and whatever, you know, the third piece is, gets them anywhere. Harrison Barnes. You know what I yeah. mean? So, like, why? Yeah. Why why do they do it? Well, okay. The next one, which I, I also should throw to Eddie, for the Spurs. We know that teams like the why Spurs. Why can I get the Spurs? Teams like the Spurs can't really get uh, a big, like big free agents. So, um, Devin, Vince- Devin Vassell, Derek White, and DeJounte Murray. Ooh, Ooh. I'm taking the hell out of that if I'm Philly. I'm taking the hell out. Devin That's- Vassell... Looked pretty good last year. Derek White and DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray, See, another might, one of the... That might be the best package you've offered up so far. So, like, if that was what was on the table for Philly, like, might take that. But I do have... I'm intrigued. You want to see this group together. <laughs> by, no, 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 not that. Like, DeJounte, not, you know, a great shooter. Derek oh, White, yeah. like, Derek White can shoot, but he's yeah. not a, a, a bucket getter. Right, and I like I like Devin Vassell's progression. Um, yeah, and also Derek White is like 28 years old. Everyone thinks he's like yeah, 23. That's fair. Um, that's interesting because I never even thought about the Spurs as a part of it. But also, like, if you're the Spurs, if you get Ben Simmons and you trade those three, like, what do you end up with? Yeah, you don't really gain a whole lot. I, if I'm the Spurs, I'm not saying yes to that because yeah. I'm really pretty much in the same place. Except now I have one dude who I'm really hoping to become something. Versus, and mind you, as much as if I as talked about Ben Simmons in a positive light, Ben Simmons is not a person I would trade for to build a team around. Mm-hmm. Um, How about, uh, I'm, I'm going to Reagan next with the Blazers. Um, real, real quick on the Spurs, just oh, imagine DeJounte Murray and Matisse Thibel backcourt. Hmm. Oh, my God. Ugh. All right, so no. w- with, with, the, yeah, with the Blazers, um, Ben Simmons and Maxi for C.J. Norman Powell and two picks. Ben Simmons and Maxi. Are these first round picks? Yeah. CJ, Norman Powell. And two first round picks. Yeah. Might need to put Covington in there. I don't know if the money works out. I'm very much considering that because, like, I mean, CJ, like, it's weird because when I think about 
CJ getting traded from the Trailblazers to the 76ers, my immediate thought is like, I would have rather had Dame. Like, if, if I'm talking to yeah. you, I'm, I'm talking about Dame. Um, but CB, CJ is like the type of player that you want to put next to Joel Embiid. Yep, exactly. Somebody who can get a bucket. And he's somebody good in the pick and roll. Exactly. He's good in the pick and roll. Um, is he as good of a player that you want that puts you to that championship no. level? Probably not. I'd rather go all in for Bradley Beal. Than- <sighs> but it's like Ben Simmons has to be traded now. That's the really yeah. sucky yeah. part about all this for the 76ers yeah. is that he has to get traded this offseason. And the fact that you don't have more on the table for him um, puts you in a difficult position. Yeah. yeah all right, I'm getting to the last ones. Uh, Eddie, Warriors, Wiggins, Moody, and Wiseman. And a Ooh. pick. And a Wiggins, pick. Moody, and Wiseman, and a pick. Ooh, that's tough. If not I'm that, not be- that Daryl Morey would take that. I just want to say Daryl Morey would probably not take that. No, yeah, but I'm just saying from a Warriors perspective. Uh, would he not take that compared to everything else you've had on the table? Like, I mean, just to talk about the Blazers thing real quick. I think the CJ for Ben framework of a deal is the most likely to happen. Oh yes, mm-hmm. um, me too. Me too. But, Personally, like, I'm starting to come a little bit more around the idea of Simmons on the Warriors. Um, I'm hey. not as, as blockaded from the idea of, you know, Draymond and Simmons together, no shooting, whatever. Um, Wiggins and Wiseman for Simmons, and uh, uh, Wiggins, Wiseman, and a pick for Simmons, like, I'm and cool Moody. with. But Moody, like, I, I'm a big fan of Moses Moody. If you switch Moody and Kaminga, would you do it? See, the thing is, Kaminga showed me a lot, too. Yeah. Drake, so. Are you Reagan? Yes, no, maybe so. Um... I really like the idea of Draymond, Steph, and Ben Simmons. This fool wouldn't do a deal because his boy James Wiseman in it. I mean, I'm also thinking about how funny it just would be to have Joel Embiid, Andre Drummond, and James Wiseman on the same team at the same time. Um, (laughs) But I... mm, Moody, Wiseman, and... If I'm the Warriors, I definitely am not looking forward to having Wiseman on my team just because his learning curve is steeper than where I need him to be. So I'm okay with parting ways with Wiseman. Moody's a little bit tougher. Who was the last player involved? Wiggins. Wiggins? That's really tough. It's like Wiggins is the trade piece because we finally got his value up. Mm -hmm. But if you get rid of him, the Warriors have no like wing outside of like Otto Porter who's not dependable. Juan Toscano Anderson. All right. I, I take it. I take it. You I'll take, take it? it. You yeah. take it? I'll take All right, it. so uh, next one, I'm going to go to Eddie. We, I got two more. The Raptors. Goron, OG, Boucher, and uh, three picks. Two first-rounders, one second. I, I love OG and Unobi. I do, too. Like, I'm a huge fan. I think if Go- I was Philly, Goron, OG, Boucher, and three picks, two first rounds, one second. I think if Toronto countered and said one first, one second, both sides, I would be cool with it. If I was more enough, if I was more If I'm the Raptors, I don't know if I want that. Pascal and Ben Simmons? Eesh. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know, I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So y- you would say no to that deal if you were? If I'm the Raptors? You would say no. I probably would say no. No, the Raptors, no. they love the Ben Simmons type of player, though. Yeah, that's so. fact. That's And it, I I know, I know for a fact he's the type of dude that they would feel like they could get the best out of. <clears throat> I would say no. Would uh, Masai. Masai Missouri say no? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
Last one? Yeah. Yeah, last one. I'm I'm a Yeah, both of you guys. Uh the Indiana Pacers. Brogdon, TJ Warren and Karis LeVert and uh Two yeah, picks. Let me have him. Let yeah, me have two him. Picks. Yeah. Let me have all that. Yeah, because yeah. Brogdon would be really good. Yes. TJ Warren's a bucket. Okay, TJ Warren has been hurt for the last like just just year Brogdon and, and Karis. I like how that window fits in with the Joel Embiid window. Now, I like how their play styles fit in with the Sixers. If I'm the Pacers, like I'm cool with it too because but you're Demont, but Sabonis yeah. and but like, Simmons, I, but like I don't care though. And Turner, like, I think the, I think the Pacers need to. Yeah, create, create some sort of momentum in either one See, way or another way. The the trade package I saw didn't have Karis LeVert. I threw him in because I thought it would be more fair. Mm-hmm. But how about if it was just TJ Warren knowing his injury history and he's going to be out for a good portion of this season? TJ Warren, Brogdon, and two picks. No, you, you need to run me Karis LeVert yeah. or something else. Karis. Did, yeah. did they, the thing still, is, they don't have Jeremy Lamb, do they? No, he's they, gone. They still do. They still do? Yeah. Yeah, but he's hurt. Damn, everybody hurt. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, those are some pretty good trade packages, right? Yeah, interesting. That last one might have been the most. That might be the best intersection of realistic and actually like compensation. If you're the Sixers, would you rather have CJ or Brogdon? Just quickly, because I'm thinking about it now. Give I me think, Brogdon. I think I'd rather have Brogdon because I, I love CJ and I think he's maybe a little bit better. But I just think Brogdon's a better defender, better team player, and he's cheaper. Give me. Give me Brogdon. I'm probably leaning towards Brogdon too, but I'm doing that knowing that I'm going to be asking Joel Embiid to carry a lot offensively because Brogdon, he, he can, can get a bucket. he can do stuff, yeah, but, but he's not he's not a bucket. Like you know what I'm saying? So yeah, we're getting kicked out of the studio. Shout out Annenberg Media. They got to get their radio auditions in. Um, but thank you so much. Maybe we should do radio auditions. Y'all want to stay here? No, they were literally asking <laughs> me about that. The other day. Um, but no, nah, thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, go follow the the socials at Hoop Holler Pod. Also TikTok. I started that uh, Hoop N Holler, like the letter N Holler on TikTok. There's one video there. More coming. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you Julio. Thank you Eddie. And we will see y'all next time. This has been the Hoop and Holler Podcast. 